0: All right, Pharrell back with Carver High Mafia and uh, Joe Ranieri on Coast to Coast. Good to have you with us. Uh, The kid I was talking about before with Aaron Torres from um, Indiana that's going to be playing for the Hoosiers and Archie Miller that's from Evansville. His name's Christian Lander. He's a 6'2 guard, five-star. Incredible. Look him up, Christian Lander, Christian with a K. Watch his highlights of this kid's inside-outside game, and most notably his speed. This kid is like the second coming of Isaiah Thomas, and he's going to be playing in Bloomington In the Big Ten, and I mean to tell you, this kid absolutely has sickening game and has it all. This guy can shoot threes. He is as fast as lightning, and he can get to the ten and dunk and kiss it off the glass, reverses, you name it. He's got both hands. The guy can pass. He does it all. It's a huge snag for Miller. I guarantee you this kid's going to be a star in the Big Ten. Mark my words. All right, Carver, let's uh, do a little pain day NFL, shall we?
4: let's do that let's start with today's uh I'm gonna completely lie to everybody's face statement and that comes from Bill Belichick he decided Scotty to say that you know there, there could be a quarterback uh you know uh, platoon I might play Cam and I might play Stidham. you are a liar sir that's you would say Scotty
0: liar yeah I'm not buying this can you imagine uh now look there's teams that use quarterbacks in certain situations in a red zone uh, inside the five what have you, I I don't have a problem with that. But the fact that he said that he would platoon quarterbacks in NFL games, uh, I've never seen him do it. So I'm just not buying that for one minute that he's going to let Stidham come into this game. Listen, if Cam Newton is healthy and if he is ready to go and he goes through camp and and has no problems of any significance, he's going to be the quarterback of the Patriots. That's all there is to it. I don't care what they're paying him. I don't care what Stidham does. I don't care what any other quarterbacks do. None of them are as big and talented as Cam Newton. I don't, there is nothing you can sell me on about Stidham being better than Cam Newton. Just stop, stop yourself.
4: I know that you were worried about the videos of Robert Kraft uh, down at the establishment in Florida being used in the case against him. Well, worry no more, Scotty, because the judge has said, as you kind of thought all along, Those videos will never see the light of day in that case. They will not be used.
0: (laughs) Listen, if you have that footage in the courtroom, Robert Kraft is gonna pay dearly. And the fact that they're not gonna let those videos into that courtroom, he's gonna get off now, as sure as I'm sitting here, because of money. He's got more money than God, and he's got better lawyers, And now there's no video proof of him going in there for a little pleasure on a Sunday before a kickoff. We all know why he was there. Let's stop with any other foolishness. Uh, It's the same reason I like going to him.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, Scotty, what kind of a coach Joe Judge is going to be in the NFL yet, but I'll tell you what he has become for me in the first couple days. Like my favorite quote machine uh, in the NFL. He's got a couple of good ones already. Uh, Here he is talking about the hard-hitting practices that have uh, really been uh, the talk of the NFL the last uh, 48 hours. Here's Joe Judge for you, Scotty. Listen, we can't get the guys ready to drive on I-95 by riding back rooms. And if we think the Pittsburgh Steelers are coming in here to hug us, we're all sadly mistaken. So <laughs> we have to train these guys in a physical manner to make it safe for them to play the game the way the game's played. And to answer your question, Art, I've been doing that drill personally within progress I've been in for the better part of a
0: decade. Look, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with his intensity. I have a problem with his uh, talent. I don't think they have any. I think they have one great player on the team, and that's Barkley. And literally, uh, the rest of that NFL team is like a uh, Division Three college team. I mean, they're really terrible. I don't care what anybody says. They are, in fact, I'll say it. I think they're worse than the Redskins. I think the Redskins are ahead of the Giants.
4: We welcome in all of our radio affiliates right now. Scotty, let's get to Dalvin Cook here. Uh, You know, contract talks have broken off now. Yesterday we did the story that he wasn't taking, you know, all the reps in practice, wasn't doing things. Now the contract talks have broken off. You know where this is going to end, right, with him not being on the Vikings in a year, year and a half.
0: Well, I think it's a mistake. I think he's a great player, and I just can't believe after they gave everyone else... They give Zimmer a fat deal. They give Spielman a fat deal. Glad we got all the fat old white guys their money, but they can't give the best player on the team his money. They sure gave the money to the white quarterback, though, didn't they? But they won't give the brother the money that he deserves. He's the best player on the team. I don't care what anybody says. One other thing about uh, Sports Group Radio Overnight's Uh, Don't forget Pharrell and Events, 1 a.m., Sports Rage, 3 a.m., 5 a.m., Bagels and Bad Beats. Get the Sports Grid radio app. It's badass. And uh, we love all of our affiliates and especially uh, welcoming in, as you know, this week, our newest uh, chain of command out in Southern California, the Mightier 1090. Check out Ooh.
4: Let's get to the Eagles now, Scotty. Carson Wentz compares rookie wide receiver Jalen Rager to Julio Jones. A little tough to put that kind of a comparison on a guy before he's caught a ball in a real game.
0: You know, he needs to worry about, like, uh, living up to all that hype that uh, they surround him with. He needs to stay healthy and get to the playoffs and win a playoff game before he starts comparing some rookie uh, to Julio Jones. Uh, Let's just erase that comment worry about your own body, and winning a playoff game because you are so overhyped it's not even funny.
4: And also, uh, Jalen Hurts been getting a lot of red zone work. We thought that they could use him in a package, kind of like how Taysom Hill gets used with the Saints.
0: I love this kid. I think he can do all kinds of things in the NFL uh, without a doubt.
4: When we come back, Scotty, more news on the Bears quarterback competition. I know you love that.
0: It's very important that we follow the Foles Trubisky saga like a soap opera.
3: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: Pharrell back on uh, Coast to Coast. We started off uh, today with our boy Blue, Mike Blewett, football full circle to dance around Payne NFL and any uh, NCAA skinny that we got for you today. Let's bring him in. Hey, Mike Blewett, how you doing, buddy?
6: What's up, buddy? Happy to be here with you.
0: All right, so uh, let me start with uh, your reaction to... Uh, This guy judge and the way he's running the gulag over at the Giants training camp uh, and the way he's treating coaches and players. And and now you're hearing like leaks of players saying uh, they haven't had this since middle school, like this, this candy stuff he's doing. What, What do you think of what he's doing?
6: I think it's a little hokey, to be honest. I don't think players of that ilk need that kind of motivation or the coaches. If it's having a little fun with each other, I don't mind that. But if it persisted, I would imagine the NFL Players Association would hear about it and there'd be grievances or complaints filed.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's uh, joking around at all. I think this guy is literally thinks he's Patton.
6: So in in that instance, then, uh, I would suggest that he back off of those. Look, Tom Coughlin, who I have experience having seen when I was a student at Boston College up close and for many years as the coach of the Jaguars and the Giants, started off his career doing things like this. And even he, the winner of two Super Bowls, realized that he had to back off at some point. If you persisted doing these kind of punitive laps or push-ups or whatever it is that he has in store for them, players would not like it. They have negotiated through two CBAs now to have less workouts like this and for it to be less punitive. And now he's trying to instill this discipline. I just don't think they need it, frankly. It's a a little pedantic for them to suggest that they can't follow the rules.
0: You know, uh, Coughlin, it's a great example you brought up because uh, Strahan and some of the the vets really got to him and let him know at some point that he was losing that football team and if he didn't yep. change and adapt he was not only going to lose the team but they were going to fire him and then uh, I think the franchise got him to change even if he was faking it he started being cooler and started caring about his players and asking them how they were doing their families etc and started trying to be even if not real, trying to be somewhat cool. And then he won two Super Bowls. So it made a difference for him.
6: Yeah, Strahan is a really good example. He is the one that helped bridge the gap between the players. He didn't need anybody to tell him to be on time or what to do to be ready for a season. He was 10 years into his career at that point and a productive 10 years as well. I think he helped to bridge the gap. He is on record as saying he hated Coughlin when he first got there. And I think being able to relate to the players in some way. Look, Judge isn't an older coach either. He's on the younger side. So there's an assumption by him that the players are undisciplined. He doesn't really know a lot of them yet. And I think it might be, look, like I said, if it persisted, it would be a problem for now. I I just kind of roll my eyes at it.
0: Are you buying any of the talk that's been kind of lingering around for the last few weeks that Nagakwe would uh, go to the Jets? There's been talk of Ravens jets. I mean, it, imagine if they had that guy playing with Quinn and Williams, because I think Quinn and Williams will come into his own. I think I this year it'll be a lot different than last year. And he says he's going to go off. Uh, are you buying Williams uh, declarations? And do you think it would be a good move for them to go after the Jaguar stud?
6: Uh- I think that is dependent on what they give up, right? It's always the price that you pay. I think Joe Douglas has shown, especially recently, his ability to maximize the value of certain players. And so I think he understands that And Ngakwe is good for the right price. He doesn't appear to be ready to play even yet another down in Jacksonville. So we know he's on the move. It's just for how much and where. If they were to obtain him and extend him for, let's just say, less than what Jadavian Clowney may end up getting for the one year, I think he is a guy that you could go after. Quentin Williams is a very young, immature player on the field. And I think that he, him just having more time in any system, and Greg Williams is a, an, a certainly a capable defensive coordinator, is going to help him. Really young player. I don't think it's fair to judge him based on his rookie
0: season. So the Chargers, let's go out west for a second. Uh, we know that uh, Tyrod Taylor is going to be the quarterback. The rest of that team is quietly loaded with talent. Bosa on the defensive side, the back end. They have just massive amounts of, of studs on defense. And I love their receivers. And everybody brags about how Taylor doesn't turn the ball over. Do you think Anthony Lynn can turn the charges around from a great season to a terrible season back to a solid season?
6: I think that talent on that team is absolutely somebody that is a candidate for a big turnaround. Now, what concerns me is, is it going to be a really conservative offense? Do they have somebody that can push the ball down the field? You're right. Taylor doesn't turn it over, but he also does not have a propensity to throw it deep, be a home run hitter for Mike Williams. Keenan Allen is obviously a stud, so we know that the talent is there. Austin Eckler, obviously an amazing pass catcher, along with Hunter Henry. So not to go through the entire roster, but just the skilled players there, and obviously the skilled players on defense are extremely capable. They're getting Derwin James back. They need to get Melvin Ingram practicing in camp before – uh, this is a symbiotic relationship, but talent wise is absolutely a playoff team. It's just whether or not they can get all their ducks in a row last year, injuries and poor play at, on the offensive line and quarterback position were really detrimental. Keep in mind, they added Trey Turner, to the offensive line, they, they got, they added Brian Belaga to the offensive line. So no matter who the quarterback is, they've already upgraded a key position group.
0: So let's go to Dallas. Uh, they're really talking about Olden Smith just going off so far in camp. This is a team uh, as well loaded with big names on paper. They yeah. look dangerous to me. I know a lot of people think it's the Eagles. I think it's the Cowboys. I like their quarterback. I like their running back. I like their receiver. They got three pronged receivers rearing an ugly head. I think they're going to be very dangerous defensively, a lot of high-priced big names. You bring back Olden Smith. Do you think that guy can actually stay healthy and rock and roll in the NFL this year?
6: Healthy is obviously a big question for a guy with that long of a layoff, but I give Dallas a lot of credit. Despite what happened with Gerald McCoy, they have done a really good job acquiring a lot of players. And Scott, you know this. The defensive line sometimes isn't about your top one or two key talents. Like we just talked about Ingram and Bosa in uh, Los Angeles. It's really about how deep that rotation is. You look at somebody like Buffalo, there's like seven, eight guys that could play there regularly, but they're just gonna rotate in and out. Dallas has done the same thing. And this defense is going to be about the front seven. That defensive line, how much they can pressure the quarterback. You have Van Der Esch and Smith in the middle at the second level. They're really good. Now, the defensive backfield is probably the weakness of the entire team, having lost Byron Jones and having a couple of other questionable talents there. But the reality is I do like Alden Smith as part of a rotation. If he had to play, you know, 50, 60 snaps, you'd probably see – an injury or perhaps some of the uh, chickens that came home to roost on the field in the past.
0: Respectfully, I got about a minute. Uh, Let me switch to college football. Notre Dame continues to have COVID cases pop up and rear their ugly head. Do you feel that uh, this is an ongoing disaster waiting to happen? What's going on in the ACC at North Carolina, at Notre Dame, at Oklahoma in the Big 12? Do you think they'll pull it off?
6: Do I think they'll pull it off? It's a wide-ranging question, but what I'll say is I think they're going to get a whole bunch of games in. Is the season going to play out how they want it to? No.
0: So uh, Notre Dame, with all their problems and the fact that they have this many kids with COVID, it would seem to me that it's going to bleed into even more. They've canceled classes. They've canceled practices. How are they going to make it
5: work?
6: So between, uh, I mean, I think you and I probably on the same page here, if they play football on the field, when the students aren't in class, I respectfully would submit to the NCAA, please don't use this term student athlete ever again.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Blue, great stuff. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming on Coast to Coast today. Mike Blewett from football full circle. Uh, We've got our eyes on everything today, uh, in terms of uh, football. We're going to talk more NFL when we come back with Carver High. We got some uh, players to hear from. We got it all going. We're certainly going to talk more college football today as well. And we've got an updated uh, skinny on Tom Brenneman. Fox has said he's out
2: Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, uh, Cam, they made it three now. Uh, PSG's up three in the 65th Woo. minute, and and that's even with a Neymar uh, shank wide early in the game. Uh, they look fantastic. Uh, I have to ask you, what did you think of the Magic.
1: I got to be honest with you, Scotty. This is It's interesting. Don't the Orlando Magic, remember when they beat the Raptors in the first game and everybody go, oh, my God, the world's falling, right? But Milwaukee was not ready to play this game. I heard you guys, too, on the show. They were too lax. They weren't getting u- upset during breaks. They just didn't play a good game. You can look at the box score and think the Greek freak did anything. No, it's horrible. It wasn't a good performance. Sure, it's good, good for fantasy players, but in reality, he sucked. The team needs to be better. Their bench was horrible. And Orlando, half of their team's injured. So you know what? You're a 13-point dog, and he went outright. I wish I had the kahunas to lay on the money line, but I don't, Scotty. That's the thing. I I didn't have the balls to bet the magic money line. Wish I did, or we'd be eating fine, fine cuts tonight in the Stewart house.
0: Yeah, I had the magic in the 12, and I bet it, so I'm I'm pretty jacked. Uh, They heard me uh, pre-show cussing, screaming, yelling on every possession. (laughs) I was losing my mind. When I got a, a bet like that going, I'm losing my mind. What is your opinion of the Tatis homer last night and the fallout? First, the Woodward reaction that he's mad about it, and then uh, they threw behind Machado, and, and then afterwards they talked about it, and then today they got suspended. Uh, what's your reaction to his three zero 0 Grand Slam?
1: You know what? These unwritten rules of baseball, so what am I going to do? Stop playing? I've seen teams come back. Scotty, I had, I had money on a game before with the Reds. They had a 10-run lead and lost to the Cardinals. They scored 10 runs and won an extra innings before. These things happen. What am I not going to do? I'm not going to hit a home run. So that's kind of stupid. You know, all these unwritten rules. You know what? If the guy has a 3-0 cookie right down the middle, if he wants to take it out of the park, that's fine. And some of these unwritten rules of baseball to me are just stupid. Aren't you supposed to beat your opponent? This isn't Little League. This is pro- professional baseball right here. So I have no problem with it. Uh, but everybody else wants to bitch and complain. I, I don't see a problem with it at all. And in fact, you know, the, the Rangers were just embarrassed in the game. San Diego lost five games in a row, and they wanted to take out some frustrations on these guys. You're grown men. Deal with it.
0: Yeah, like you're, you've lost five in a row. you got to do anything you can to win. i got no problem. You want to serve up an egg? Uh, I'm going to knock it out of the park. I could care less. What do I give? Uh, a rat's ass what Woodward thinks. you think I'm playing ball and getting paid millions <laughs> to care what the other manager thinks in his dugout, exactly. spinning sunflower seeds? I don't care what that guy's doing. I don't care whether he has a family and kids. I don't care anything. When I'm playing, I'm trying to beat you. I unwritten rules. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'll see you next hour, Cam. Good stuff. Cam Stewart in Toronto, everybody. You got it. All right, Carver High. Let's pick it up uh, with the remaining NBA action we got. It's 18 a piece yeah, in let- that Pacer Heat game, by the way.
4: Let's get to the rest of tonight's game, Scott. we've got two more coming up, including the Rockets and the Thunder. As we know, no Russell Westbrook for the Rockets tonight. Here is James Harden. He says, if we're going to win this series, we got to limit mistakes. Here's Harden.
5: For me, just, um, you know, one to limit, limit my mistakes individually, like turning the ball over, uh, defensive mistakes, just being in the right, right spots at all times. I think for guys that haven't been in this position, you know, like Dame House is in a – Uh, The Ben, the Ben McLemore, guys like that, you want to just kind of uh, give them that confidence, you know, going into the postseason. You know, your shots are still going to be there. Um, The principles defensively, your positioning still has to be there and just trying to limit our mistakes. Uh, And if we can do that as a team, uh, we give ourselves a better chance.
0: Look, here's the deal. The Thunder have to win this game. No Westbrook. You have to take advantage and manipulate that situation. Eric Gordon can shoot in his sleep. I know he's been out with the ankle. He got a limited amount of burn coming back. That guy can shoot uh, drunk, sleeping, or sitting backwards in a boat. Uh, So if he can hit shots, I don't like his cardio or his burn. He hasn't played. So that's a problem for me. If I'm the Thunder, you've got to take advantage of this No Westbrook and win that game tonight.
4: Final game tonight, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern hour, Scotty. The one people have been waiting for, the Lakers against the Blazers, one against eight. Here is LeBron. He says this is not a normal eight seed that we are taking on.
6: They've definitely been playing that, playoff right. basketball since they got here to the bubble. Um, obviously, you know, it was, a lot of their games was like must win. They probably felt, um, you know, and they've been playing some some really good basketball along with some other teams here in the bubble. And it's going to be challenging for us, um, but that's what the playoffs is all about. Um every matchup should be challenging, Um, and that's what the, you know, you live for moments to be challenged, so I'm looking forward to the opportunity.
0: All right, so Rondo won't play, Collins won't play, Conley's back. He probably won't play for the Jazz till Friday. Let's go to baseball now, Carver High.
4: Yeah, let's get back into this uh, Tatis Grand Slam from last night. You were just talking to Cam about it. As you know, Rangers manager Chris Woodward was upset after the game saying that he shouldn't have been swinging 3-0 in the game situation that was going on. Here, Scotty, I play for you the thing that I have the biggest problem with, and that is San Diego Padres manager, Jace Tingler, uh, pretty much agreeing with Woodward. Here's Tingler, Scotty. You know, it probably starts with just, you know, p- picking up the sign, I think, like the the, the learning opportunity. And, and just so you know, a lot of our guys have green light, you know, 3-0. Um, but, you know, in this game in particular, um, and we, we had a, a little bit of a comfortable lead. And, you know, we're, we're not trying to, um, you know, run up the score or anything like that. And so, uh, you know, put on the, the, the take sign and, and um, you know, probably, probably see a strike right there.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I get it. You had a lead and everything else, but uh, I don't really understand why he's like supporting, not hitting it out of the park when you've lost five in a row, they haven't been hitting. They haven't been hitting with runners on base. They haven't been getting on base. They haven't done anything well lately, the Padres. And then you finally look good in a game and a guy hits a grand slam. The guys carried the team this year. In my opinion, he's been the most exciting player on the Padres without a doubt. And then you want to side with the guy that runs the other team? Like, bro, what are you doing? Like, if I'm on your team, I'm like, bro, did our boy just throw us under the bus? Like, what's with Tingler? Like, honestly.
4: Whether he's right or wrong, Scotty, you cannot go out there after the game and sit at that press conference and basically throw your player under the bus, especially your star young player. Now here's Tatis, who basically had to apologize for the whole thing after the game.
3: Whatever. I've been in this game since since I was a kid, man, and uh, I know a lot of I rules. And uh but you no, know, this time I didn't. I was I was kind of lost on this one. I was, you know, they told me after five, seven, after six, or something like that. And uh, you know, from those experiences, you gotta learn from it. Uh, probably next time I take a pitch. Now that I know from it, then, and uh, you know, we just gotta we just gotta learn from it and keep looking forward. Yeah, whatever. He's in 305
0: with the 11 home runs and 28 RBIs and all the stolen bases, and they're up 4 nothing today. So, screw all of that nonsense. I mean, I want to win games in San Diego. I'm not interested in what Texas thinks of the way we're playing baseball. Screw you.
4: Yankees sweep the Red Sox last night. They take four in a row from them at Yankee Stadium. They are 7-0 and against them now on the season. Here is Aaron Boone after the game, pretty much giving you a recap of all of it, Scotty.
7: I think we did a lot of a lot of things well, um, certainly in this series. But going back since we've come home, um, you know, we've gotten a lot of contributions up and down the lineup from different guys again tonight um, and, and some really good pitching performances. So uh, a good way to kick off the homestand. And obviously, um, you know, we got a big series coming now with
3: Tampa.
0: I, I told you yesterday on Coast to Coast, guys like Ford stepping up. Now Voight steps up, Hicks steps up, because they got no rock stars out there, no Stanton, no Judge. Uh, it was just good to see Chapman back for them last night. They are just rolling the Red Sox. Boston is uh, just awful. They smell like landfill garbage.
4: And really the only piece, Scotty, that they have uh, to trade away here at the deadline, which is coming up, they do still have a trade deadline in this 60-game season, is J.D. Martinez. Do you move him? Absolutely, right?
0: Well, you know, I would think that that would get them a nice haul, but, you know, they got Verdugo for bets, and to me, that's not a haul. I I know the guy hits left. He's fantastic, and he's uh, good in the field. He he makes plays at the wall, whatever, but I don't know. I have to think really long and hard about getting rid of that bat because, really, I know there's no fans at Fenway, but when they do get back to having uh, fans at some point, if the world ever stops ending – Uh, I want a guy that I can pay money to go see play. They don't have one guy on the whole team worth paying to see. It's a minor league team.
4: I think it's going to be hard to get any kind of value for anybody uh, at a trade deadline during this short 60-game season, especially when you have pretty much every team in the mix right now. Atlanta Braves walking it off last night against the National. Scotty Dansby Swanson got it done. Here it is on Fox Sports South.
0: Really? Fly ball, well hit center. Robles going back to the track, to the wall, and it's gone. me with a walk-off homer in the night. Look at Swanson getting involved. I gave you the Braves <laughs> last night. I mean, I had a ton of winners, honestly. I should have slept with no clothes on.
4: The Reds and Royals were supposed to play tonight. The Reds have not played in a few days, as we know from their COVID-positive test. They are hoping, Scotty, that they are going to start back up tomorrow with a double header. And in that double header against the Royals, the Dark Knight returns. The Royals call what? up Matt Harvey. He's going to pitch one of the games. I know you are ready to put a couple bucks down on the Dark Knight tomorrow against Cincinnati.
0: You know, he he needs some advice from uh, Mahomes or Andy Reid of where to go, like Gates Barbecue in Kansas City. Go hit up some, you know, ribs, get some brisket. (laughs) Where to eat a a KC strip. You need to go find your way around Kansas City because he's only been in New York with 15 to 20 lovers per season and getting all that back page juice. He needs some Kansas City love. Maybe go down to the plaza. Hopefully he'll turn it around in Kansas City because he's been – laughable in the majors uh since new york and in new york he was laughable
4: and the reason why jeff wilpon does not want to sell the team to steve cohen he hates his guts scotty can you believe that
0: (laughs) well you know what's even better than that is that i hate the entire wilpon family's guts how's that sound like he hates them i hate them more i hate you more and then i hate you more than that and that little weasel son of yours i want to beat his ass too what a bunch of phonies they are Get them out of baseball be the best thing that ever happened. All right, it's a pleasure to have our buddy uh, Ryan Bader back on uh, the show. He's been on the radio show before. The champ, uh, two belts, light and heavyweight champ. Only guy to ever do it in Bellator. How you doing, champ? Good to see you, brother. I know you're excited about Friday at the Mohegan. Uh, We'll talk about that fight uh, in a second, but I I have to ask you, you know, you fought in, like, the ultimate fighter. You fought in, in front of 30 people. You're going into this Mohegan with, like, nobody there. My guess is that's not even going to phase you at all. You're probably going to take advantage of it mentally, not having chaos around you. You'll be able to think. You'll be able to be your uh, focus driven on just dealing with Nemkov instead of uh, dealing with all the BS.
7: Yeah, it takes all that hoopla away. You know, I get to go in there and uh, just do my thing. I've been here before in the Ultimate Fighter. Um, you know, we get to get to the arena. I mean, we're here in the Mohican Center the arenas in the hotel, but we get to go down there, you know, uh hour before. Um, I get to walk in like it's hard Friday sparring. That's why I can beat up my best when so I'm relaxed, cool, calm, collected. So I'm looking forward to it. Something different. Different for sure.
0: Yeah. I think it's cool for you. Uh you've blown me away what you've done uh, in Bellator. How fantastic has it been for you from the deal with Scott Coker to uh, what you've accomplished? You've destroyed everyone. I've seen you fight every guy in there, all of them, King Mo, Fedor. It doesn't matter who they put in front of you. You have become such a rock star with Bellator. It's had to have fulfilled your career and life. You've done it all at the collegiate level and everything else. But are you getting your rocks off with Bellator? You seem really happy, dude.
7: Yeah, you know, I, I did 20 fights in UFC, and it came a time where when I wanted to kind of be in control of my own destiny. Met with Scott. Um, you know, we had a great meeting, and a lot of it was like, hey, are you willing to do things like fight a heavyweight, fight in Japan, and be open to different stuff? And that's what I wanted, you know. And uh, bet on myself, came over, and uh, and got a title shot, you know, after my first opponent, you know, got hurt. Right away in Madison Square Garden, won the light heavyweight championship, and then from there, I defended that. Went into heavyweight Grand Prix, you know, three fights, and I was a champion. I did it, beating one of the greatest of all time, in Fedor Emelianenko. You know, and so um, it's been a crazy ride. Uh, renegotiated a new contract, so I'm super happy.
0: I mean, that's great. Uh, you you have to like their business model. You've been on both sides uh, with Dana and the UFC, and they did a lot for you. And then you had your chance at freedom and free agency and you uh, were able to take advantage of that. And Scott's a really cool dude and a friend of mine. I thought he did you up and then did you up again. Uh, You have to appreciate the way he runs his business.
7: Yeah, I definitely do. You know, and uh, um, I never speak bad about the UFC at all. I love my time there. I fought 20 fights there. I started there, ultimate fighter all the way through. Um, But for me, it was all about opportunities, you know, and when time came, You know, and after meeting with Scott, you know, and everything I just talked about, I was all in, you know, and I've been making the best of it. Um, You know, like I said, I love being in control kind of of my own career and own destiny. And uh, I look to continue that on on Friday and I'm
0: just having a blast out here. I really am. So Friday it's on uh, paramount and design 10 o'clock from Mohegan sun in Connecticut. It's a really cool place. I've been there a million times. Uh, let me ask you about Nemcoff. Here he comes at 205, kind of out of the woods, but not so much for fighters. You know, against uh, uh, Davis, I thought he was incredible. Carvalho, I thought he fought well. And, and McGeary, you have to at least respect how he's got in this position to take on you, the master of ceremonies in the Bellator, every division in light and heavy. You're the king. So what do you think of him? I know you're at least buying into what he's done.
7: Oh yeah, I've been watching him for a while, and um, you know, I, I really we have one opponent right that I can can gauge it off of. The other, other guys, I haven't been in there. You know, I don't know how good they are and all that. But when he was in there and beat Phil Davis, you know, that's one guy i fought twice. I've wrestled in college with. I know how good Phil is, and uh, you know, and Nemkov went in there and beat him. Uh, did very well, and you know, Nemkov is in his prime. He wants this badly. Um, he's a younger fighter. You know, so I know I have my hands full and um, I've been, you know, I was fought at that light or the heavyweight tournament and defended that belt because Beltor asked me. And, and Nemkov during that time has, you know, risen in the in the heap of 205 fivers, and clearly, clearly is the number one contender. So um, I'm looking forward to that as my first fight back to light heavyweight. It's a tough test, but I'll get it done.
0: So when you train, uh, Ryan, in these times uh, with this COVID and you have to worry about all those things and your family, your wife, Daisy, your two kids, son and a daughter, what's that trip been like for you?
7: Yeah, you know, we were pretty fortunate to have a building that it's not open to the public. So it's, it's we don't have the public coming in and training it at all. Um, and I basically kind of ran a skeleton crew of, you know, three, four five good guys, my training partners that I was going to use throughout this camp. We got tested, you know, every two, three weeks. Um, it kept it really clean and safe and for everybody. And, and uh, it's worked out. And uh, so basically we didn't miss a step, you know, um, although we, we didn't know who we were fighting, uh, let alone what weight class, you know, four weeks ago. Um, but we were told about four weeks ago, we're fighting light heavyweight. Um, my weight is good perfectly right now, sitting where I want to be. And uh, passed the COVID test, we both did. So here we are. And I'm just glad, fortunate that it's finally going to happen.
0: How great is it for you to, I mean, think back to your days in Tempe. And now you're chilling in Chandler. Uh, I used to live in Flagstaff. How much does that mean to you, uh, being in a desert state, to be uh, representing and, and go back to your college days and to see what you did with the Sun Devils as a wrestler and to see what you've done with your life and what you've been able to afford your family, the money you've made, the fame, uh, taking care of your kids, having a family and having kids, all that's happened to you. Can you even believe it?
7: Uh, No, not really. You know, I I don't take too much time to kind of reminisce or look back, but you know, um, my younger self, my my college wrestling self would be definitely be proud because, you know, I did want to do something different. You know, I, I, um, right out of college, I had a, a nine to five sales job while I figured that out, what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, this is exactly where I wanted to be. If you ask my 18, 19 to 21 year old self, uh, you know, so, and it was a leap, you know, I took a, a leap of faith when I, I was fresh out of college, you know, fighting, I fought for free, I fought for 200 bucks, I fought in a bullfighting ring in Mexico, got on the ultimate fighter, fought 20 fights in UFC, you know, and, and this hard work is paid off, you know? And so I love just being, you know, it's very freeing having this occupation. I I obviously train hard. I'm uh, I'm, you know, in it to do everything I can to, to, to win every fight I can. Uh, But I also have the time to spend with my family and do what I want to do. Also.
0: When you were a kid though, when you were wrestling at, at Arizona state, you had to be tripping that uh, what am I going to do with my life? Uh, you know, maybe I'll be a wrestler, a pro wrestler. Uh, how am I going to make a living? Uh, you had to be worried when you were, you know, 22 years old. When it all came to an end, all your glory, all your championships, everything you did uh, on the mat, and and you had to be just freaked out. And then all of a sudden, you're saying you're fighting in bull rings, you're fighting for 200 bucks, you're <laughs> fighting for free. Then all of a sudden, you're uh, doing the Ultimate Fighter, and then you're getting contracts and you're fighting in front of packed houses can you believe what's happened to your life like fiscally you know making money and and turning your wrestling career in college that ends and then kids end up being sales guys or working wherever and their lives are miserable and you've had this glory run can you even believe that that happened cuz i know you had to be freaking out when you were a kid
7: yeah i know i'm in a very fortunate position you know um i think every kid out of college or not even out of college is every kid when it's time to enter the real world, they're like, all right, you know, they have high hopes and they're like, all right, I'm going to do this and make a bunch of money and do this or whatever. And then you realize you get kicked into the real world and you're like, oh man, you know, here we go. And, and uh, I'm not happy. I'm miserable or this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And so um, that's why I kind of, I took a a leap and said, you know what? I'm going to train. I still had that job. As soon as I was able to have a, a small sponsor, I quit my job and went full time in I said, I'm going to give it a shot. I don't want to look back, say woulda, coulda, shoulda, you know. And, and here we are, what, 15 years later, you know, and I'm still at the top of the game and, and uh, have the freedom, you know, the finances and all that to, to have a great life. Because my, my biggest thing is I don't want to ever lead an unfulfilling life and look back and say, man, you know, I wasted, wasted my life working a job I didn't want to work at, you know you know, just trying to, trying to survive and feed my family. So, like I said, very fortunate and I couldn't be happier.
0: I, you know, I've done a lot of shows, uh, on the road. I I did the Grand Sierra up in Reno. Do you ever get back home? Do you have a lot of family and friends there still? Uh, do you ever try to go back?
7: Yeah. You know, we have, uh, my parents are out there, grandparents, cousins, you know, aunts and uncles and stuff like that. And, uh, Try to get back there at least once a year. We're actually gonna go back up um after this fight, you know, take the kids to Tahoe. We're about thirty minutes from Tahoe no anyway and so um take them up there and we uh you know, have the kids see the grandparents and all that. They usually come down to Arizona, so we love to go up there too.
0: It's awesome there. Uh, don't tell anybody because it'll ruin it. I have to look at the the names that, of guys that you fought. I'm friends with Matt Matrione. He's a tough mother, Uh King Mo, yep. Phil Davis twice. Fedor, you had to be freaked out uh, even having the chance to fight that legend. And then you go back to the UFC career. Sugar, uh, Evans, uh, St. Prue, Rampage, uh, Little Nod. Can you even believe the fists that have hit your face and the people that you punched and kicked in the chest and in the head? Can you even believe it, dude?
7: Yeah. You know what? I, like I said, I don't really like reminisce too much. Maybe, you know, when I'm done, I can go through it. Um, Every once in a while too, like fight week, I do like to kind of go through that record and remind myself of who I fought, who I beat, you know, how good I am, you know, because fight week you have all these emotions going through you're excited, nervous, everything. And so, um, I like to kind of give myself a little ego boost when when you need a fight week, when you're sitting in your hotel room for hours on end and uh, kind of get you pumped and say, you know what, I am the best in the world. I'm going to go out there and prove it again.
0: That's great. Listen, I think it's fantastic what you're doing. I love Coker. I like what Bellator is all about. You got great fighters, great shows. I'm glad everyone's healthy. I couldn't be happier for your career, dude. It's always great catching up. Thanks so much for coming on Coast to Coast today. Good luck against Nemcov Friday night on Paramount and Zone. You're incredible. You're a great champ. You're great for the sport. Uh, congrats on your beautiful wife and your son and your daughter. Have fun back in Tahoe, and good luck Friday night at Mohegan, brother.
7: I appreciate it, my man. Thank you very much.
0: All right, there he is, the champ, uh, Ryan Bader, hanging out on Coast to Coast. I bring in Mafia again. Can we get Mafia back on there? What do you think of uh, Ryan's career? It really is incredible what he's accomplished outside of the UFC, and he's become the king of Bellator, what he's done holding two belts, only guy to ever do it.
5: Listen, you riled off the names there that he's fought. You know, not only in Bellator but the UFC. You know, at least half those guys are probably, you know, legends if not Hall of Famers in the sport. Fedor Miljanaiko is one of the best to ever do it. You know, we talked about him a lot last week because people were talking about of course, Stipe and Cormier are the greatest heavyweight ever. And a lot of people say, yeah, they're the greatest heavyweight in the UFC, but they're not Fedor. He's fought Fedor. He's fought the best ever. And a weight division that wasn't his and still beat him, wasn't in his prime per se, but still was just a badass fight did exactly what he wanted to do dominated him. And he's done that to so many guys that had great careers in MMA. So it just shows how badass he is.
0: How about uh, Shogun? They're going to have the uh, Shogun rematch with Craig uh, th- that everybody's mm-hmm. been wanting. They're going to make that fight happen.
5: Yeah, that was a questionable ending in that fight, the decision, the way it went. So, you know, the way that Shogun is right now, there's not guys they are going to put him against in the top of the division per se. So that's an interesting opportunity for him there to kind of rectify and put a stamp on it that he is the best and better than Craig. And we'll see if that's how it goes in the second fight that they have.
0: All right, Canelo and uh, Yildirim have been ordered by the WBC to fight for the vacant super middleweight title that uh, is available right now. So we've waited that's for the one that Benavidez Canelo give fight. up last week. That's right. So now we're finally going to see, allegedly, uh, Canelo fight somebody. The last two fights have been canceled. So we'll come back and wrap her up on Coast to Coast on a Tuesday. out. A-
3: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: So I think Will Myers hit the grand slam uh, for the Padres today, and this was on a uh, 2-2 pitch. So hopefully the uh, Rangers aren't going to throw in anyone's head or behind them or at their onions or anything else. Uh, But uh, two days in a row with the grand slam uh, for the Padres and uh, Rockies Astros still scoreless after seven Giants up 3-1 on the Angels. Uh, That one's in the top of the third runner on and nobody out for the Giants. Uh, The fan question is about uh, Stidham. Uh, What do you think of Stidham's problems today, Pharrell, at uh, Patriots camp? Well, three picks in one practice. I mean, nobody notices that, Carver High, when you're at practice throwing picks all day. I know it doesn't matter uh, in the grand scheme of things, but it does matter to me if you're talking about uh, they sold that guy like he's ready to start now, that he's so in control of that offense, knows the playbook like nobody else, confidence in the huddle. He's a man's man. They all love him. They think he's ready to be a star in Foxborough, and he's at practice throwing three picks in one day. They're chewing and spitting him out. Cam Newton's not losing that job to this kid. I guarantee it.
4: No, listen, uh, normally I don't get too broken up about uh, people throwing picks at practice, but like you say, this is a different situation. You're you're supposedly – In a quarterback competition with a guy, right? And there's not going to be any preseason games for you to outplay him. So the only thing that Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels and the Patriots are going to have to go off are these practices where you're throwing the ball around. So don't throw it to the other team. That's pretty much what it comes down to, right?
0: Yeah, and he had a bad day, and it is what it is, and they chalk it up as that, and it'll uh, be held against him. And Cam Newton, meanwhile, is dancing around and having fun. Look, I don't like this team at all. They lost too much, uh, starting with Brady, and you go down the Christmas tree, and it's just one player after the next that they've lost, especially on defense. I don't even know what they have on defense anymore. I am not buying the Patriots at all this season